It's another episode of the Capes and Tights podcast right here at capesandtights.com. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. Before we get started, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, subscribe, rate, review, all those things on Spotify and Apple, five stars, please, as well as visit capesandtights.com for a bunch more stuff, including reviews, previews, yada, 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 yada. Today on the podcast, though, we have New York Times bestselling author, Daniel Krause, to talk his books, Blood Sugar, Rotters, The Shape of Water, which he wrote with Guillermo del Toro, and The Living Dead, which he co-wrote with George A. Romero, as well as Troll Hunters and a many more other books he has out there. But we also dove into Year Zero, Volume Zero. Uh, he took over for Benjamin Percy on that over at AWA, studios.com, book us out on the market right now, and Trojan, which is out recently over at AWA as well, AWA as well and many more other things. So check out this episode, episode 76, right here at Capes and Tights Podcast at capesandtights.com. Daniel Krauss, best-selling, New York Times best-selling author. Welcome, Daniel. How are you? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. New year, right? 2023 is going to be amazing. <laughs> I really feel like it's got to happen one of these years, right? <laughs> well, it's like, I feel like it, it, our last yesterday was 2020 and, and it just, it just, it's weirdly slow, but also weirdly fast over the past couple of years. So it's a crazy, yeah. you know, thing. I got married in 2020 and then I oh, had wow. a baby in 2021. So obviously it's been crazy for me, but wow. you're just over there doing all kinds of creative things like writing and, and well, creating books and comics. I mean, that's worse than what I had. I mean, <laughs> I had a, and I thought mine was bad. I mean, I had 2020 was supposed to really be kind of my big year. I had five books out in 2020, which was insane. <laughs> and um, it all got just blown to hell. Yeah. Like I had all these tours planned, really the biggest publicity events of my life, really, by far. And they all, they all crumbled. But, <laughs> I'm here. You're here. We're, it, things are definitely, oh, I hate to say it, but looking brighter. I yeah. feel like we've been saying this since like fall of 2020, like, oh, things are looking up. And then, yeah, it's, a, it's starting to sound pitiful. Yes. Well, I mean, it's giving you uh, some stuff to write about in the future, right? Mm. It's giving you some premise of these uh, yeah. horror zombie uh, no style doubt. things. Uh, I, I was able to read uh, Trojan recently, which is, uh, okay. I, you know, uh, I, I was saying when I was writing my notes down, I tend to read comics in bed before mm-hmm. I go to bed and I will like just recommend recommendation to anybody who hasn't read Trojan yet. Um, don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is very, uh, uh, it's dark. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, gritty and it might give you nightmares in, in that sense. So uh, I, I recommend reading it, but before bed yeah. is probably not the best idea. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Trojan's pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I wanted to get into it. Like, how, just so in case our listeners don't know Daniel, you as a person, how'd you get into writing? I would say writing first, and then maybe how it got into adapting into, uh, you know, going into comic books in that sense. Uh, well, how far do you want to go back? It doesn't matter to me. However, you want to do this story. <laughs> we could go back to like four years old. Or we could go back to first <laughs> book thing. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll go way back. Yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll give you the short version, but really I started writing when I was, probably in first grade okay. and uh i had a friend in my neighborhood and 
I think he did it first. He was like writing story. We basically we drew, we drew monsters. Like we were, we draw these pictures of these monsters and we name them. And then eventually, I think we wanted them to do something. So we started writing these stories of the monsters would sort of fight each other in kind of the Godzilla way. And then I just kept kept writing. Um, and by the time I was in middle school, I think I was writing certainly novella length things, if not novels. And then in high school, I was definitely writing. You know, I wrote a couple of novels in high school um, and then kind of strayed from it for a little while and then got back to it and uh, published my first novel in 20, let's see, 2009, maybe. I think that's right. And then since then have really just been on a hair um, <laughs> published. It's got it's close to 20 books now. Um, and it's just like it. It has been, you know, the best decision of my life was, was going back to writing, which was really my first love mm -hmm. from way, way back. Um, and I know that's true because there's nothing I'd rather do. And I really mean, like, I don't go on vacations. Like, I, I, I'm sometimes, sometimes compelled to go on a vacation by my partner, but um, that's only once every few years. And my druthers would be to write every single day. In the last mm -hmm. few years, I again have been compelled to take off Sundays. That's still a struggle, although I'm getting better at it. Um, but I really am someone who just wants to write all day, every day. It's the it's the most fun thing I do every day. So I'm I'm kind of obsessed with it. <laughs> um, it's funny actually. Hold on one second. I, I, uh, I have three books, or I have multiple of your books. So I grabbed three. I just thought about this as you were saying 20 books and writing and stuff like that. What goes into the size? I never asked that question mm -hmm. to any other author. What goes into the size and format of a book? Yeah. Is there like, cause obviously shape of water is this size, but then you obviously have rotters and, yeah. and blood sugar. These says, what goes into that? Well, it, it's an interesting question that many people ask about is cause I've got giant books, you know, mm -hmm. the living dead is, I don't know, 600 pages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've got one called Zebulon. Uh, a two book, a two volume series called Zebulon Finch. And the second one, I think is 800 some pages. So I, I do write these giant epics, but then Blood Sugar is about as short as a book can be and still be mm -hmm. called a book. Um, so part of what I try to do in my writing, and this is an absolute constant, is to keep waking myself up by trying different things. So that's how I end up, and this is not good for business, but uh, <laughs> end up in different genres and subgenres and constantly changing it up and changing up my voice. And part of that is changing up the format. And some sometimes the format is just style things like first person versus second person or third person, um, ways of framing it, what are the chapter and section structures. Blood Sugar is an interesting example because that one I gave myself a new challenge of. I was only going to use certain kind of punctuation marks throughout. Um, so I'm always giving myself these new kind of mini challenges. And sometimes part of that is size. Like I'm going to write something truly epic or I'm going to write something that's as terse and short as I can make it. Um, and that's how you end up with me trying new mediums, like comic books, because the most important thing is to just not let myself slide into repetition. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always pushing myself to run up against and creating new problems for myself. Uh, it's also why I collaborate. I want to create problems. The more problems I create, the more creative I have to be in solving them. I, I think that the 
obviously can be difficult. There's this podcast I was listening to recently about how it's been a little bit more difficult for some of these comic book store owners to describe a comic book to someone because they're kind of like don't fit into these specific genres or styles. But in the same sense, like I read way more comic books in my life than I do actual novels. Sure. But I feel like there's been times where I've read a comic book from someone not realizing they also had written novels, mm-hmm. which has then led me to actually read the novels. Uh, Adam Caesar's a new uh, current one. Mm-hmm. I had read Dead Mall and not realizing that he'd actually written a couple of books called like Cloud yeah. of the Cornfield and all that stuff. And so like one of those things that helped me pick up and buy other things, I would follow, I would put you into that category with some of these books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so that I can understand how it can become somewhat difficult for your editors and marketing and things like that. But I also feel like it helps broaden the number of audience members you have reading or picking up your books. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the the hopeful benefit to it. Like the reason I do it is more um, kind of me focused yeah. things that I want to keep fresh and I want to keep trying new things. Um, and then sort of you hope in the background that that helps expand your uh, reach. And I, you know, I hear from comic book, the comic editors I work with now that, you know, they, they, you know, always are having novelists um, try their hand at comic books and a lot of them just fall flat. Like a lot of it, in the same way that a lot of comic book artists or writers will try a novel and they'll never finish a novel. Mm -hmm. It's, 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 it's relatively rare for someone to be able to go back and forth fluently. So I feel lucky in that sense that it's, it's worked out. Um, I found it a very natural transition um, but that's not always the case. There's, mm-hmm. I won't name names, but there's like, there's some famous stories of some really big names who try to get into comics and it was just a disaster. <laughs> um, it, big novelists. Who yeah. Get comics. And you have, uh, uh, obviously you mentioned The Living Dead, which I have right here, which I, I, I've been, and I hate to say this because of who the co-author on this book is, but I, I've been a big Walking Dead fan for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so zombies, that's how I got my first start into zombies. And I think it's just, I'm 36 years old. And I think it might just be sure. age and, and, and generational thing. Uh, but it, it made me, you know, expand my horizons on zombies, you know, and getting into these things, watching a little bit more zombie movies and stuff. How, I know what's, we'll, we'll get to that one. And then I think about it. How did you get connected to, to Del Toro? Let's get into that first. Oh, I'm going to talk about collaborations right. and I'm trying to get out here, but let's sure, talk about sure, sure. first. Yeah, I mean, as a, as a starting point, as I said, uh, you know, I would have predicted me actually the last person to do collaborations. Like, <laughs> I want, the main reason I like writing is I love working alone, really. Mm-hmm. I love sitting here up in this computer, uh, in this room, in front of this computer that I'm sitting in right now. It is my happiest place in the world. Uh, and part of that is that I can just, silo off and not mm-hmm. talk um i'm definitely a, a major inter- introvert in that way uh but as i've said before um collaboration has really been an interesting unexpected way to push myself in new directions because a collaborator is going to create friction it's going to create hopefully a lot of good things too but it's going to create friction because everyone comes at things a different way and that should be taken as an opportunity to um, you know do things in a new way uh so I had written this book called Rotters um, that was, you know, kind of a, a, a minor hit, um, mm-hmm. my second book. And um, Guillermo had read it. I don't remember the turn of events that how he had gotten it, but he had read it. And then 
maybe a couple years later, he was he had sold this book idea called Troll Hunters to mm-hmm. Disney. And um, and this was before it was a TV show. He had sold it as a book. Um, and then I think just because of time constraints, eventually he was thinking, you know, I, I still haven't done this book. I could what I should do is bring on a co-author and we can work on it together. And my theory is just that Rodgers was sort of in his brain because it, it, he had read Rodgers not too long before that. And so um, got in touch and um, about the project and sent me what he had on it. And I went up to Toronto. He was working at Pacific Rim at the time. And we got together and talked about the book and got on well and um, kind of tossed some ideas around. That was the same uh, kind of famous breakfast where I introduced the idea of shaped water. Um, and so, you know, we did Troll Hunters and we had a great time. I, Troll Hunters is an important book for me in the sense that not so much what the content of the book is, but that was right before I worked on Troll Hunters was really the low point of my career. I put out my third novel, um, Scalar, or at least had finished it. And really was at, at the the closest point I've ever been to throwing in the towel. Um, Scalar was just really difficult book to write on a lot of fronts and it had dragged me down and I was just tired and worn out. And I've been writing these extremely bleak um, books. And then Trollenders kind of pranced along into my life. It was so more upbeat and optimistic than anything else I had done. It was, it sort of pumped life back into my corpse in a way. Like it it was a really, it was the right book right when I needed Mm -hmm. it. And I think it powered the rest of my career in, in that sense. It got me, it woke me up and gave me the biggest thing I took from Guillermo was that it was okay to give my characters hope and to let them (laughs) succeed sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's how we, that's how we met. That's how we started working on troll hunters. And then that led naturally to shape of water. Mm -hmm. Um, And those are our two projects. And and it's just crazy. you look at your, your, if you give yourself your bio of sorts, you now have collaborations with Guillermo del Toro. And then now, with George Romero. I mean, I must be somewhat of a kicking yourself like kind of thing where you get to like two legendary creators are now, you know, connected yeah. to your name in a sense too. That's must be pretty crazy. Yeah, it's been a wild ride. I mean, particularly with Romero, he mm-hmm. was he was really my idol mm-hmm. um, growing up. Uh Night Living Dead was the first film I recall seeing, although I'm sure I saw some kid <laughs> kids entertainment before that. Yes. But I um I really, you know, that's the movie that that brought me up in a way. And I was just a fanatic, a Romero fanatic. His films taught me not just about like horror, but just about art and metaphor yeah. and all those things. Um, th- my my origin story is really Night Living Dead and Twilight Zone as a like a, as a, like a five year old, like really really early. Um, so I wouldn't exist without Romero, and yeah. so to be a, to be a part of the work that sort of is the end of his zombie stories is incredible because um, that's the work that started my story. So it's, it's that, that particularly the, the projects I've done with um, posthumously, you know, with mm-hmm. Romero, that this was a novel he had not finished um, still to this day. That's, that's the thing that I can't really get over. 
that I've been involved with the thing that kicked off my whole interest in arts. It's funny how you mentioned that too, because I just, I recorded an episode with uh, David Boer uh, earlier and he had mentioned that one of the things that really got him into comic books was uh, Lock and Key from Joe Hill. Mm-hmm. And then one of his first comic book products he ever did was Rain, which was a novella adaptation for comic book by Joe Hill. And it was mm-hmm. kind of funny how like his early-ish, you know, yeah. love for it, he ended up being able to work with that person as well. You know, and obviously this was, po- uh, you know, after uh, George Romero had passed away, but like getting your name and being able to do a book with him is pretty crazy in that sense, having Night of the Living Dead being one of your first movies. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's it, it is amazing. You know, it's like one of those, for me or for the other writer you mentioned, I mean, yeah. it's just like, they're, I wouldn't even call them bucket list items because yeah. they were too ridiculous to even be on the list. They're just like these things that happen in life and you just have to be grateful for them. I mean, it, it, things happen in a weird way. And I feel like I work, you know, one of my, uh, my main job is I'm a creative director for a brewery and we have such a collaborative thing in life. Like it's just like we do beer collaborations together. We do events together, things like that. And it seems like it's such a fun thing to do because both great minds get together and no one really wants to be like, this is my thing. It's like putting your name on the front of something. Both of them will equally take credit for it, will equally give each other credit for it. And that's something that I do see in a lot of these books that you do a collaboration with is that it's like you both worked on these things together. It's not like your Mm -hmm. name is just attached to it. Like you both give you guys equal credit for what you have put into these things. Yeah. It's really cool. What I want to know. So I was reading this again. I it stuck out to me when I was reading it. So I am located in Bangor, Maine, mm-hmm. and uh, home of Stephen King. But in in uh, in the Living Dead, the one of the characters' fathers, I believe, uh, my brother, uh, now living in Bangor, Maine. Was that a Romero thing or was that a you thing? I do you know what character that was? Uh, Manello, uh, Manilo, Manilo. Luis. So what? This is why Luis. Luis okay. Yes, her brother Manolo. So Luis's brother. Um, I honestly have no idea. Um, <laughs> that's one of the things that happens. Kind of forget yes. what. Correct. It's, I can tell you because if you're not through the book yet, that yeah. that's it. That does not end up important. <laughs> okay. Ooh, it's, so, it's funny. It's just I live in a town. So Bangor, Maine. Is, I don't know if you're familiar at all with it. We're, I've, I've we're, been there. <laughs> well. Look at that. But we've, we've had this, we don't, when you hear our name and things and things, and, and it's just because I grew up in Maine, it's probably part of it. We're a small little, little uh, state, if you think about it. Then when you see something in a book or a oh, movie, totally. and it's just like, I, I, the first part of this book, I listened to an audio book. Mm-hmm. And so the first part was me driving to work. And all of a sudden, I know where I hear, bang, I'm like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. And I'm like texting I mean, my wife. And <laughs> it, we, Probably before I started working on that project, it wasn't yeah. too long before that that I was in Bangor. Oh, really? Was it something specific? Just, just no. I was on a just sort of on one of my rare vacations, and mm-hmm. we went to Maine. And we were in Maine for a while, and That's... so I'm guessing it was probably just you know places that I've been tend to pop yeah. up in small ways in books, and um, and I don't remember exactly the context that Bangor <laughs> shows up, but um, I'm guessing that's what happened there. It's it's just funny, like I said, it doesn't make it would you could not have bet money that it would have been in a book like this for some weird yeah. reason. Like obviously, well, obscure towns book. in South Dakota and in North Dakota and things like that obviously come up in other people's books, but for some reason it just struck with me. Uh, obviously, living in this town, 
uh, or city, sure. I should say, but it was just kind of funny when I read that in, in the book itself. Um, so obviously you've written a number of books. You have another one coming out in the summer, in August, I believe. In August, yeah. And so uh, that's pretty, that's pretty exciting to see that one and have that one come out. Uh, as of on Amazon, it says August 8th, obviously things change, right. but is that, that's my anniversary for my wife and I. So, uh, oh, yeah. We'll have to read it. I'll have to pick it up and read it on that day. Just, you know, tell her, Hey, I yeah. have to do this. <laughs> yeah. That's my, that might be my favorite book of all time. Um, it, I'm, called, I'm excited. Yeah. Whale fall for those listening. Yeah. Uh, about it's a scientifically accurate story about a, a scuba diver who gets swallowed by a sperm whale and he has a, an hour of air to get out. Um, and it's just, I, I think what the reason I, I feel so free to, to say that I think the book is really good is that it, so much of it didn't come from me. Like I worked with these science, these whale experts um, for months, just trying to understand whales and how they work and biology. And they came up with so many cool ideas. Like I would pose problems. So I'd say, all right, you're in a whale, you've got this and this and this with you. What's one way you may try to get out. And we would just sort of brainstorm and they'd come up with these great ideas. Um, and so it's, it's something no non-scientist on their own could ever come up with the stuff that happens in here. It's, um, it's truly unlike anything I think anyone's ever read. Uh, I'm really excited about it. it it's funny. I, I feel like some of the best things I've ever heard or read from anybody or seen from some people is including the actual official people from that idea. Uh, you know, like, so like my wife and I were, were used to be big bang theory fans and like them having actual, like, doctors and scientists on staff basically to right. make sure that the math they were saying was actually accurate so that people wouldn't be like questioning their math on the on the on the show and so that'd be a good thing to have this like no 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 this is scientifically accurate i've actually talked to people who work with whales yeah i mean i i've always i always do a ton of research yeah this was the, the first book really where almost all my research was first person like mm -hmm. i was i was reading a lot of books about whales and biology but most of my research was phone calls and Zooms with these well experts and, you know, looking at diagrams together and just lots and lots of interviews because mm -hmm. I was starting from zero. I don't, mm -hmm. I'm not a science guy. I'm certainly you, not a whale biologist. You weren't a huge whale fan. That's why you decided to come No, I didn't know anything about anything. <laughs> so it was, it was really neat to, to start from scratch there and then just start to build up over a series of long interviews, just mm -hmm. an understanding of what was possible, what wasn't possible, um, and how how you would get there. You know, it's really mm -hmm. one of those situations where it's almost like a closed room type of story where in most of it's from the whale's stomach. And what do you do to get out of a whale? What are the ways you might try? Just based on the stuff that's already in the whale's stomach. Uh, it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That is really awesome. So obviously you're uh, written some novels, a uh, 20 or so, and, and you now have done a number of comic books as well too. Did you get the work on year zero, the prequel to Benjamin purchase things after the night of the living or the living dead came out and they wanted you to do something for zombies or is that That's not exactly connected right. at all? Is That's that really? Exactly. Um, I think Axel from AWA. Yeah. Um, he had read the living dead. Um, whether or not he read the autumnal, the the only comic I'd done at that point, yeah. I can't remember, but he had read the living dead. And so, um, when Ben Percy was more or less stepping down from years ago, um, he went, he, he just 
called me and he was like, this is the situation. And I hadn't read um, Year Zero. And I was very dubious, honestly, because um, I didn't really anticipate ever going back to his office, much less right away. Um, but I just I read, he sent me both volumes that Ben did, mm-hmm. and I just really liked them. Uh, I just thought they were really great and smart, and I loved how clean they were. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't try to intertwine the stories. Um, it's just the the outline for it, the sort of schemata for how to construct the stories was so simple and appealing to me. And um, really the only thing I wasn't, I didn't do in The Living Dead, which does about everything you can do. Yeah. So, um, the one thing I didn't do is it's very America focused. Yeah. So and this did allow me to do the one thing I hadn't done, which is go international with it. Um, so I decided to do it and, um, really just hit hit it on a stride like wrote the whole thing in like i don't know three weeks like <laughs> just like blasted it out just things were just rocking um of course i did you know a bunch of research first on yeah police and north yeah. korea and all these kind of hospitals uh so i always i tend to not when i say oh i wrote this thing in two weeks i tend to yeah. not add in the fact that i did exactly. all the research first um but yeah, it was great. It was really, really fun to do, and uh, I really like how it turned out. I, I, I'm a big I, fan just of today, uh, just today. Yeah. I saw final pages. Um, oh, really? Of, of five? Of ever five? Yeah. The last pages of um, issue five. Yeah, issue five. It, it's one of those funny things too. Right when I first heard the announcement for it, I was like, "Can you be any more confusing?" In a sense that it's called Year Zero, but it's also Volume Zero, and mm-hmm. it was like, "Oh, it's a prequel." I understand this, and then when I read volumes one and two i love the four point of views mm-hmm. that aren't connected i think that's a cool it's almost like four if you if you equate it to a zombie tv show of sorts it's like four different versions of the same tv show and at the same time but not connected yeah. to each other and you get the point of views from all over the place without having to dive too deep into having an entire series off of this one person who's based in a hospital or this one person's based yeah. somewhere else uh that whole like four point of views and it kind of like i don't know mixes things up and, and you yeah, I know. It's there's something about the template that's really appealing. Um, I think it's just that kind of there's a certain genius to that kind of simplicity, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's it that's what drew me in. It was really the format of the the intercutting of the four stories that was so intriguing to me. And in, in, in volume zero, are you now? Uh, you know, obviously, you don't want to give too much away. You don't. You don't might not be able to say anything. But are you done with this zero zero now at AWA, or is there going to be a volume three? Um, honestly, I don't. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what the future is yet. Okay. Um, I think we're we're still really, you know, the art, the final like inks have yes. just turned in for volume five. So we're still like making. Oh, yeah. The the first five books right now. So yes. I don't. I don't actually know. Okay. Oh yeah, and so, so J- number three comes out January twenty fifth. So we're still, you know, yeah, we're still on we'll, this. Uh, we'll see. Theory, I'm not. So. I'm not discounting it. I mean, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see where we're all at. Mm-hmm. But it's out there. And then obviously, you just I mentioned it off the top. You you released Trojan recently over AWA as well. Uh, where? How did this get started? How did you get on this one? <clears throat> well, like I said, I I, I wrote um, Year Zero very quickly. Yes. Um, and I mean, it sounds goofy to say, but but actually, actually just really loved it. <laughs> like he called me, 
you know, right away. Cause I, 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 I work like, I write comics, like I write novels. Like mm-hmm. I don't write, I don't write as we go. I write them all up front. Okay. Deliver all the scripts at once instead of, I think most people write one issue. And while that mm-hmm. issue is being drawn, they write, they write issue two. I upload everything at once. So I have full control of the whole series from front to back. Um, and don't turn in issue one until I have the final issue done as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he read it all at once, called me up and was like, I just love this. Um, probably of all the things I've ever done in my life, there were nothing had fewer edits or changes than years ago. It just came out just right. Um, and he was like, let's do something else. Um, and we were kind of on the phone, just sort of spitballing some ideas. And um, I didn't really have a ton of things that were at the front of my mind. And I asked him, what are, what are this, some of the things that you've always wanted to do a book on? And he kind of listed off a few topics that he's just sort of generally interested in. And one of the things he said was snuff films. And I stopped him right there because <laughs> I had been trying to crack this novel of mine for I've been planning to write a novel about a snuff film for at least a decade. And I've taken notes on it for years and I've never been able to quite crack it, figure out how to do it. And so I said, well, listen, that's something we're both really interested in. Let me, let me think about that. And, and within like 20 minutes of that conversation, I had it, um, even though it had bedeviled me for 10 years, uh, I had always conceived of the idea as a straight sort of drama. And there was something about the fact that as soon as I added the idea of a comic book, I thought, well, maybe this doesn't have to be a straight drama. Maybe it could have some fantasy element to it. And as soon as I thought that, everything unlocked. And I was like, oh, of course, it's, it's, it's the people being snuffed out on humans and everything kind of sort of came after that. And I, I have again and again in life, several times saved or unlocked a project by allowing it to go into genre, you know, where I've started something as just, it's just a story with people. It's not a genre at all, it's just sort of a drama. And as soon as I let horror or fantasy or sci-fi or something leak into it, that's when it comes to life for me. So I should probably just start there. And stop yeah. beating around the bush. The issue one came out January fourth, uh, and then we have another one coming out, obviously in February uh, of the book. I realized that your, Lacey's work is unbelievable as the artwork oh, so, too. I, the, so your, good. the partnership there you have is as amazing. Uh, I realized as I was rereading last night issue one again, the first like five or six pages. Have you ever seen or played the like? Oh, I say older probably 15 years ago, uh, Max Payne, the video game. No. There's a video game, Max Payne, and obviously they made a movie with, with Mark Wahlberg in it that was horrible, but the the video game was like on the streets dark and it was snowing. And I don't know what it was, but it just brought me back to this like video game that I used to play when I was younger of this this thing. Obviously it has nothing to do with it, but it was really kind of cool. Like those small little things that make you yeah. also fall in love with a project or something that has nothing to do with it, but just you know, recalls yeah. your, your childhood. And that's what I loved about the beginning of that book. And again, there was something to do with the artwork, the way the snow fell too. Uh, as someone who lives in New England and sees snow a lot, uh, it, you know, sometimes comic books can't portray what the snow looks like correctly. And I just right. feel like 
the, the way the snow fell and that was really good. Like I said, it was, it was gritty, dark, mature, but not in a way that some people think mature. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It was just a really good, again, not something that I recommend anybody read before bed. I, you know, I, there's not much nowadays that I read. Like, I, it's actually good to read before bed because I read a lot of horror and things right. like that. So like, it's not yeah. much, but like if you read, you know, superhero books maybe you're sure. fine to read before bed but yeah um but yeah do you find it harder to write write books versus comics is there is there a difference for you is there this i always talk about collaboration obviously when you're writing a comic book you're collaborating with an artist team who's doing you know your lines and then doing your coloring lettering is there is it easy harder do you like both it's, are you going to continue yeah, doing both they're really they- to me, they make a really good pair because they're they're very different mm-hmm. and they um, they are sort of palate cleansers for each other. I think um, it's really nice to move from a novel to a comic and vice versa. Uh, it's very different, actually. Um, it's you know, it, writing a, a comic script is very very similar to writing a screenplay, mm-hmm. um, and neither of them are really anything like writing a novel. Um, I still, at the end of the day, think novels are the most complicated thing to write um by a pretty far margin i think but that's not to just that's not to discount um the difficulty of novels. Mm. It's, it's they are their own weird really weird challenge um to me what was strangest about starting in comics and we can we can get into if you want mm. I, that i have no background in comics, mm. um was the weird sort of jenga not Jenga, Tetris quality to it. Like you're writing, but suddenly for the first time in my life, I'm having to think about chunks of information and how they fit together on a page, Mm -hmm. puzzle pieces, and how you have to be aware of how a page ends, how a spread works and how a page turn works. Um, And that part was, is really fun for me. That it's a different type of area of the brain. I think that works where it's a real, it's uh, the kind of the part of the brain that likes organization, I think, mm-hmm. is very uh, it's appealing to put together chunks of story in a graphic format that has to be this many pages. It has to have a certain effect when you turn the page, all these weird sort of constraints that none of which exist in novels where you have complete control over how long anything is. Mm-hmm. Um, and comics also have. I mean, I'm talking to a comic podcast, you guys don't know this, but uh, it has a built-in sort of enjoyment section for me, Mm -hmm. where I finish a novel, well, I send it to the editor and they send it back. But this, I turn in all the scripts and, you know, with with some minor editing aside, then I just kind of get to sit back and watch all of the cool stuff. And that part is just like fun. Mm -hmm. I I have to to approve things. Make suggestions and stuff like that, but it's generally then just sitting back and watching the magic happen, which is art. Yeah. You know, like exactly. And I can imagine it's nice to see someone else's interpretation in a sense of what you're trying to get across and what people look like. And like, obviously, you're probably going to give notes on what you would want person A or person B to look like. Sure. Uh, but it must be nice to actually see, like, you visualize when you write a novel what someone looks like. But yeah. you actually get to see it to come to life before it's even published to the person reading it of what it sure. actually the person looks like, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and it's depending on the publisher. And, yeah. and again, I've only worked for Vault and 
AWA, yeah. really. That's it. I've done a couple other little one offs. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes they will say, and they will say, well, let, let's find, find, find pictures of who these people look like. Um, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they, yeah. you just describe them and the artist goes off. And other times you base them on phone wipes. Yeah. Like, I, I will say on this side of the publishing side of it, Vault and AWA are really good people to work with on our side. I feel like okay. getting, yeah, they just communicate well and they they give it advanced copies to have us read and stuff like that. So the, the good companies to work with on those that, that side of things. Yeah, I've enjoyed working with both of them. Yes, so they're really good people in that sense too. But uh, so are you going to continue doing comic books, you think? You're going to do some more? Oh, Obviously you're, you're, you're working on some right now, but I'm just saying Definitely. like it is. Right now, I actually have a Vault comic coming out right now called um the cemeterians it's part of something called double feature they're doing okay um it's like two horror series in one so the, the second issue it's a four issue series second issue is just about to come out so it's under the i think you would order it under something called nightfall double feature yes within yeah. it is the cemeterians and then another comic called denizen um, and they're long, so even though there's four issues, it's the equivalent of like six issues. They're they're mm-hmm. big, they're big issues. Yeah, I see um, this nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have that coming out now. Um, I have a graphic novel that um, has not been announced yet. That is completely written, and art has begun. Um, I'm looking over to my right here because that's where my list of projects is. Um, Yes, and I have a couple kind of like single story things I'm doing and then a, a sort of my next big comic thing, which I haven't sent out yet, which is something I'm, um, I don't even have a publisher yet. I, I haven't okay. shown it. Yet. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yes. It's, you yes, keep busy, I tell you that much. And I said, I, I enjoy your books and I enjoy your, what you've done so far in comic books. So it is nice to see that you're going to do both. Still looking forward to that. You can do a big tour. For uh, for uh, your your new book coming out, for Whalefall, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the plan. That was the plan with Living Dead. Of course, it didn't happen. <laughs> but um, yeah, I want to. I would like to. I would like to tour museums or aquariums mm-hmm. with it, you know, and do events um, with like whale experts. Mm-hmm. Something so based on biology. But I hope to. Yeah, and then when I'm in the you know various cities, I can stop by the comic shops and yes. Signs whatever they have and all that stuff. I will tell you our local call our local bookstore in downtown Bangalore would be very happy if you decided to make Bangalore a stop for ah. Waterfall Tour. Just letting you know he's in, he listens to the podcast. He's been a guest on here that he would be very interested in you coming. I would love to. I love Maine. And it's mm-hmm. funny you mentioned that you work at a brewery yeah. because one of my biggest memories of Maine is they had incredible beer. Mm-hmm. Like that's almost my biggest takeaway. <laughs> there was like it was beautiful and all that. But the beer was amazing. It was about 2019. I started with the company in 2017, but in 2019, I was working an actual as a bartender at the time. And I was standing behind the bar and I was talking to someone. It was the first time I had that switch that summer of people coming to Maine for Bar Harbor, excuse me, the ocean, the the mountains and things like that, hiking, fishing, to people saying to themselves, we're here on a brewery tour. And yeah. it was like that switch in that 2019 time where it was like, oh my gosh, people are actually vacationing to my state to drink beer. It's such a weird yeah. thing. Even though I work in the industry, it was a weird thing to see that. And so 
it's pretty cool. And I, I enjoy the, the art and science behind beer, but I also am lucky enough to be able to draw and create the beer labels. So the that's art awesome. part of it, you know, it's just, really I mean, that's cool not industry. why I went to Maine, but it's, it might be why I go back. Let me go back. <laughs> it was, it was well, so we make it a big trip. We got LCS is here and we've got bookshops and we've got nature and we've got beer. So look at that. There's a reason I would, why I would need love to come back. To that. Trust <laughs> me, I would love it. Um, but yeah, so, um, I'm looking forward to the future of the rest of year zero. It's going to be fun. I, you know, zombies are also always, they're hot right now in a sense. And I, I like how the book is turning out. I love what Benjamin Percy was able to start yeah. uh, technically. And then he went back and did that. You did the whole star Wars thing where he went back mm-hmm. and started and, and growing on his from the beginning with the, with the volume zero, the prequel on that. So issue three comes out into this month. Uh, Trojan just released uh, issue one over there at AWA. Issue two comes out in February. Yep. You obviously got Whalefall coming out August 8th uh, or right around that time in 2023. And you just mentioned uh, it was a Nightfall has that double feature. Yes. On Vault. Yes. Um, so that issue two is, uh, I just got my copy of issue two, okay. which it's eminent here. Yes. That means it's coming up here pretty quickly. Uh, and then obviously all your backlog of books are available out there i highly recommend anybody read the living dead i, I it's a I, the way that that's set up as well the work you did with george romero was excellent and I, i'm excited for that did you get a chance to watch uh pinocchio from, from del toro it's funny i haven't oh. i know it's it's crazy um it's i've i've had sort of a crazy month and i've okay. watched very little but it's sitting there in my queue waiting for yes it. it's funny i actually sadly watched the disney one and then that one so that the Del Toro one was so amazing. Oh yeah. That then the Disney one wasn't, and it made it look even worse. You know, like oh, that sure. that scale of things. Like it probably if yeah. I watched it two years ago, it would have been fine. But uh, the work that 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 Guillermo did on that bo- that movie was just it was amazing. And I'm a big that artwork style is amazing too. So oh, that, yeah. that helps I'm with a, it. So I'm a yeah. sucker for stop motion. Yes. Uh, but that's awesome. So you're busy man and i'm excited for see what you're doing in the future obviously you're, you're doing great work um you know now you have that new york times bestseller tag to your name so we gotta put that everywhere right you got a little, oh, a little badge oh yeah tattoo okay. well i was wondering my, my buddy ben bishop uh, works on the last ronin for tna tmnt and mm-hmm. his graphic novel of the first one went to the new york times bestselling graphic novel i'm like does he consider himself a new york times bestseller now or is that probably <laughs> he's gotta be you might as well, right? At that point, yeah. uh, you know, he might never be under again. I don't know. He's a comic book artist or, yeah, you know, never see. Um, but, and you have a website, danielkraus.com. Danielkraus.com. That's it. And you on the uh, failing Twitter still? I'm on failing Twitter um, and that's it. <laughs> okay. Um, so you can either catch me there or catch me nowhere. Nowhere. When it crumbles and fails and, and, and you know, turns into a horror book or it yeah. already is a horror book to be honest yeah. with you, but it's always me. it's always been a horror book let's be honest but it's just becoming now more it's of like a horror a, book now <laughs> it's more like apocalypse horror yes. uh i really appreciate you coming on talking books comics all that stuff be sure to grab all of daniel's stuff that's out there it, there's not one thing that's bad not to make your head bigger um but it, it's it's all good stuff and i really appreciate you coming on chatting with us and, and, and discussing comics and books keep and up the beer. good work Yes. And we'll talk, uh, we'll talk maybe later on, even if it's just an email back and forth about some words for the whale fall, fall uh, when that comes out. So we can get yeah. some, we'll, we'll do a, we'll do a review of the book uh, for the website for sure. So we're, we're looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah. Anytime. I'll, uh, let's do this again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Daniel. Enjoy the rest of your 2023. You too, man.